Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Do you need rescuing from awkward social situations? Do you have friends that ask you terrible trivia questions like Derek? Introducing a new phone app called Rescue Me. There are no two-hour helicopter wait times. Simply click the app, and within five minutes, a teleportation portal will appear. Walk through, and away you go. Where, you ask? Rescue Me is still working out the destination details, but let's be honest. Sometimes anywhere else is a better option. Check it out at backpackingblisters.com. Hello, hello. Everybody, this is Derek, and with me today is the only man to spend the night in a Sasquatch nest high in the trees with tons of apples all over his body, only to wake up and realize it was an eagle's nest because Sasquatches are fake. Carl Mandrioli. <laughs> there he is. Then how did I get apples all over myself? Uh, well, understand. you carried them up there. I don't know. Oh, I got you. you. Know. Okay. You get that? Welcome okay. to the Backpack Wishes Podcast, everybody. My name is Carl Mandrioli. With me today is Derek Somerville. He went to the emergency room because he drank too much invisible ink. And he's actually still waiting to be seen. Oh, God. I just, every time I'm like, this can't get worse. It gets worse. It just gets worse. They're the best. I know. You're welcome. Worse. You're welcome. It's almost becoming a thing where, like, it's so bad. I, I want to see if you can outdo it, you know? Uh, and yeah. it's becoming fun. It's good. Yeah. You I should like. say the same thing every episode because you do. So, well, well done there. It's just a reaction. We've got, yeah, we've got a guy who I've actually been following for years now. I've, I've looked at his stuff. He's got an excellent website full of resources. He's actually got a, a permit hack on his website that, if you want to check it out, it's there, but we're going to talk about that in a future episode that should be very helpful for those that are looking to get those hard permits. Mm. And, yeah, Chris Hiking Guy Hazard. Yeah? Sounds sounds fun. And he's going to give you a lot. He just he knows his beacons. He knows his iPhones. He knows all about it. So we're going to learn about it. He, he's got he's got all that covered. So um, so this episode is entitled, Listen to this before you buy or use an S- SOS device. If you yeah. already have one, you might want to consider upgrading. If you don't have one, this should help narrow things down. And then he's got more videos out there as well. So before we get to it, though, we've got our Bible verse of the episode, Proverbs 327. Yep. Do not withhold good from those to whom it is due when it is in your power to do it. 
Hmm. All right. So, Derek. There we go. Would you use your GPS beacon to press the red button for somebody who was struggling a little bit if they asked? I would. Okay. I would like to think I would. Yeah. I've almost pressed it for you, so <laughs> the trip would be a little bit more mellow. Yeah. But, um, you know. But, okay, let, let's play this out here. I'm not saying that they are dying. I'm not saying that they have broken a bone. I'm saying they're struggling a little bit, mm. but they're mm-hmm. asking you to press the button. Then you press the button. Okay, press so button. by pressing the button, let's say there's somebody not from your group, what you're committing to is at least two hours sitting there with them. Do, do I think you got to discern, like, are they really, do they really need the button pressed? A lot of people right? that press the button don't. They don't. So I think you got to discern that, number one. If right. you're like, yeah, they need the button pressed, then yeah, you're going to do the right thing. But you I don't know think. them, so you don't really know what kind of situation they have, right? I mean, if I see, like, bone out of skin, I'll probably push the button. Obviously, right? but they're just struggling a little bit. They're struggling if, they're a little like, bit. if they're, like, hypochondriacing it, if they're, like, then, you know, I think we, uh, I think I think there are a lot of situations where you could talk somebody down. Let me give you a little food. Let me give you a little heart to heart. We'll get Carl out of here. <laughs> we'll make it more peaceful. Okay. So what would be, like, referring to our last episode, a red flag for somebody where you're like, you don't really need that pressed? <laughs> what would they say? Something that you're like, mm, this is a sham. Oh, like, um, let's see. I think if they're like, I don't know, like, it just depends. Like, if you see somebody, like, just overreacting, but there's no, like, physical visual injury okay um we have food and water nearby like they say i feel like i'm gonna throw up let's sit down i'm not gonna red button you on that please press the red button i don't like to throw up unless i'm on a helicopter i'm gonna be i'm gonna go carl mode i'm gonna go like listen um i'm looking at you right now you say you need to throw up right now i'm gonna give you a c plus on (laughs) the authenticity that and i think you're not worthy of my red button press like are you gonna go up there I think you could really help people calm down or, or you know, yeah, probably help them calm down if you just started grading everything because it's going to get their mind <laughs> off of everything. You know what I mean? Like, like I'm going to give your, I'm going to give your pack set up here like a B plus. They're like, and they'll be like, they'll be so thrown. Like, wait, what? What do you, I said, I'm going to throw up and my leg hurts. Like, what are you talking about? My pack? Yeah. Set? And you're going to get them, them off. Yeah. You're going to, yeah. Okay. So I think you might do better than me. All right. Yeah. We are going to bring our pack skill on the next trip and we're going to interview people and ask them if they want their pack weighed, particularly before That's a good climb. idea too. If somebody wants the red button pressed. Throw up in a minute. Let's weigh your pack. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just just get it out and jangle right. it in front of them. Be like, before we do that, yeah. let's let's just see how well you pack. This is actually, this is like a, a minor concern I have with the availability of these beacons and the fact that we have one is that... Mm. You know, you go to places and some people, like, they're pressing the button willy-nilly. They're like, ah, yeah. I'm tired. I could really use a helicopter ride back. And they don't really need it as an emergency. And so I'm concerned right. that we'll get asked at some point. And then yeah. at that point, we'll, we'll have to wait for two hours. And so I think I think that part of the deal is you'll have to communicate to them, like, okay, we'll wait with these. Probably take about two hours for the helicopter to arrive, and we'll wait with you because we have to so they, ha- they can locate where we're at. Right. And if that, if that right. point they're, like, still wanting to do that, then I think that's, you take it more seriously, right? Yeah, yeah, you have okay. to. Well, it changes your trip too. That's right. We'll see what so. Chris Hazard has to say about this stuff and more. So we've got him, the hiking guy, right now. With me today is a man who's been called the most intelligent person in the backpacking world, a man who has completed one of the hardest hikes in America, the hiking guy himself, Chris Hazard. How's it going, sir? Hey, Carl. I don't, I don't think I'm the most intelligent, but uh, 
but I, I, I try. <laughs> You've been called the most intelligent. I know for a fact. I was watching a recent video. Like I, I don't know if it's the new year or whatever, but they start people start ranking like you know the top content providers or YouTubers, and you were on a top ten list, and that you were called the most intelligent person in backpacking. Oh boy, there's a lot of yeah. lot of pressure there. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well, didn't Dan Becker have you on as like? I got to bring in some expertise. So I'm going to bring Chris yeah. in here. I, I look at myself as a tech nerd uh, who's also an outdoors nerd. So it's a, it's a nice marriage of those two worlds. So, you know, I, I love hiking gadgets and gear, uh, whether it's a, you know, a sleeping pad or a GPS or satellite communicator, but also I'm, you know, I'm into the other stuff like the fun phones and Hopefully, I'll be able to uh, scratch up the dough to get one of those Apple Vision Pros, which they just announced is coming out in a couple couple weeks. So I like all kinds of tech. What's the, okay, what is that? I, I haven't even read about that yet. What's the Apple Vision Pro? Those are, it's not necessarily for the outdoors, but those are those virtual reality goggles. Okay. But what I like about it is that you can watch, I haven't seen it, but I heard that the spatial video, it's essentially like a, like a mellow version of 3D, not like where sharks are jumping out of your face, but just sort of like almost like that parallax feature that you see like on the Apple TV screensaver if you have one of those you're able to shoot video like that on the iPhone now and uh, I'm not sure what the roadmap is for that type of video but oh. it would be great to shoot trail videos in that spatial uh, format and then be able to share them with with you know my audience and and folks at home using those vision pro goggles because then you put those goggles on you watch that spatial video and it feels like you're on the trail. That's that's what my uh, so my hope is. My buddy has this idea of so you're on the trail and you have something like that on your face, and as you're hiking, suddenly like you're in some sort of like Lord of the Rings territory. You have orcs jumping out at you, <laughs> and you're like battling them as you go, but virtually. Um, but it kind of like works with the local environment. Is that? Is that the next step, do you think? <laughs> like, like the Pokemon Go? Yeah, but just like, I don't know. I don't know if, I don't know how you take damage or if, it, like, the, you know, the goggles shake so it feels like you're taking damage. I don't know. I'm sure if somebody figures out a way to make money off of that, they will, they will do it. <laughs> okay. All right. Taking backpacking trips to the next level right there. Yeah. So, people, I think... I mean, you're, you've had your content out there for years. I, I mentioned before we started recording that, like, I've been a fan of yours for years. I, I've used it as a resource. I've watched your videos for, you know, information, inspiration. But for those who aren't familiar with your content, people tend to find you when they want to learn what? Most of my traffic is interesting comes from, from search, right? So there's kind of two ways you could do it, especially on YouTube. Um, you know, you can just make videos for an audience or you can make videos that people are searching for. And generally, somebody's searching for a trail guide, like how do I hike Mount Baldy or how do I hike Half Dome, Whitney or Grand Canyon Rim to Rim. Right. And that's the entry point, uh, the way people find me. And other times it's with gear, right? How do I use my Garmin? The common common thread in all of these uh, stories I hear from people is, you know, I bought a Garmin GPS and I have no idea how to use it. It's confusing, and so, which it is. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so I have how-tos on that type okay. of stuff, but generally that's the way people have come in. And originally I started out with just a website. It was actually just to help people navigate hikes. I just put my directions up there. Wasn't anything I planned on doing as a, uh, a career or a job. It was less than a hobby if there's such a thing. And that just sort of took off organically, got mm -hmm. good you know, search results on Google and then I started supplementing those guys with videos that I would shoot on a GoPro 
And uh, eventually, it's sort of transformed more into a uh, a video experience or a YouTube channel where I'm looking more at people, uh, you know, consuming the contents as video, you know, first, and then maybe going to the website to supplement that. If it's something not as techy or not as challenging yeah. to learn, I do prefer just like give me like three bullet points. Just you know, sh you know, give me the give me the basics, and I'll go from there. But something more involved yeah. for sure is is helpful to see the videos especially if they're yeah. reasonably length if that makes any sense sometimes i want to know a quick thing and it's a minute and a half yeah. and i see this eight minute long video i'm like oh I'll just get to the point that's that's part of it too as as i've evolved into hopefully a, a better visual um explainer and storyteller it's really just distilling it down to what are the most important things that i need to share or show you getting to that right away and less of me yapping about stuff, which is, I mean, that's how YouTube is, right? It's, it's a, it's an amateur thing where people talk about different experiences, but the reality is I'm like you when I, um, you know, when I look for something, I don't want to have to sift through it to get the information. Like I just kind of want it right away, or I want to know that it's not going to be a heavy lift on my time to figure something out. All right, well, let's get into it. I got, so I got just kind of like a list of backpacking or tech related questions related to the outdoors. And so I just feel like this, like you're a great resource for us all. So I'm going to just going to tap into to what, you know, and I've, I've learned some of the stuff already through yeah. other videos. Like, I think I, I think I watched, like I referenced the one with Dan Becker and I watched that he was kind of like interviewing you. But then after I learned what you shared there, I had a different experience with Garmin specifically. And so I'm just curious to kind of reconcile this all together. So, Starting it off, let's start off with the iPhones. You already yeah. mentioned the iPhone. Um, so they have these SOS features. Do you feel like at this point they're adequate, adequately similar to the backpacking counterparts, you know, the Garmin's and the Zolio's and all that? It's similar, but it's definitely not the same. You have to remember that your phone, even though that it's waterproof and it's a lot, probably a lot more rugged than in the model that came out like three or four years ago, it's not an outdoor instrument, right? So it's designed okay. for casual use if you, if you need help. But that said, what it can do is incredible. What cell phones can do now and what they're gonna be able to do in the next year or two is incredible in terms of satellite connectivity. You know, really, if you want a proper outdoor instrument that mm -hmm. you can thrash, you can sit on, you can drop on granite, you can use in the rain, you're gonna want something like a Garmin um, or a Zolio, or a Motorola Defy, something like that. That said, what the what the iPhone 14 and 15 can do, they can. If okay. you're not familiar, uh, if you're listening, you can do an emergency SOS via that, via satellite. It's free, um, at least for the time being. Apple just extended it for another year right. with the iPhone 14, another year of free SOS, uh, and you can call for help. So whether you are out hiking or whether you're just driving and there's no cell phone service and you're stuck or you're hurt or whatever, you know, you have a lifeline It will hook you in to a, uh, I think it's called a PSAP, a 911 call center, and you can call for help. So if you are maybe an Apple user and you have an older iPhone, it's definitely worth upgrading just to have that feature, which could obviously save your life. And it has saved people, saved people's lives. Uh, it's in the news all the time different stories. It works really, really well. I took the iPhone 14 and an inReach to a box canyon in Nevada, um, Icebox Canyon. It's at Red Rocks right outside of Vegas. Really steep, challenging canyon. 
and you know iphone worked iphone worked great okay the only catch is it's a directional antenna which means you have to point the phone at where the satellite is the all the satellite information is already loaded onto the phone phone knows where the satellite is a has sorry is it has okay. a gyroscope in there and you have to point at it uh and i i, just, I have a little bit of a background in in ham radio and shortwave radio and I know from that that a directional antenna really improves the signal strength and the connectivity, and it was a smart thing for them to do uh, as opposed to putting a big antenna on top of it. But it will work. Like if you just have it sitting, it will still work to, you know, trigger an SOS. And there was a, uh, it was on Angeles Crest Highway here outside of LA in the mountains. Somebody drove their car off the side of the road and they had the emergency crash detection on on their phone and they had satellite sos and that triggered an sos to you know the, the la sheriff's search and rescue and they got rescued which is it blows my mind it blows my mind so no i had that happen to me i actually i got in a major car accident just a couple months ago and i wasn't it did, i didn't go off the road i didn't need like you know helicopter rescue but it did like automatically call 911 for me. So yeah. I was like, you know, shaking up, recovering, and then my phone's like dialing, and then somebody's like, hello, are you okay? And I was like, wait, what? What's, I'm like, yeah. am, I, am I unconscious and dreaming or what's going on here? <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing. Right. It's, it's amazing. And that, that type of feature uh, is a little bit better than what Garmin has. Garmin has a version of that but uh, not integrated with the inReach technology with the with the satellite connectivity. So I recently dropped my phone, like a hard drop where it smashed the screen protector, the glass screen protector. That didn't trigger anything. The crash did, obviously, I shared that. If I took a hard fall with my phone where the phone is getting, you know, it's landing hard, let's say, let's say I take a 10-foot fall or whatever, would it trigger the SOS, you think? I'm not sure. I think it takes a few different factors into the logic there. It's it's seeing what you're doing. So if you're in the car, it knows you're moving at a car spa, you know, pace. So it probably determined that you're in a car already. If you're walking, oh, um, it's right. probably a little more tolerance and probably wouldn't do that unless you're doing an activity. They have crash detection. So if you have uh, say an Apple Watch and you're recording, I think the example they used on their uh, on the Apple video and the marketing thing was a mountain bike. So if you have crash detection on, it knows you're mountain biking. It takes a fall, like you just mentioned, ten feet. Then it knows that you've fallen. Okay. Interesting thing too. I, I just I just read before we were talking. I don't know. You probably saw that Alaska plane where the door ripped off. Did you see that? Oh, oh, yeah. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> the one where they're just flying and then like just randomly the, the panel, the side panel came off, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So they f they found an iPhone that had fallen back down 17,000 feet and it wasn't cracked and it was working. Wasn't cracked. Like I, otter, like a really strong OtterBox case? <laughs> no, no. I think it was just the phone. So I mean- what? It's just a testament to how durable they are. Okay. Uh, I, I love the phone. I, I carry carry an iPhone with me, but the, the problem is when it rains out, that touchscreen is just, it's okay. It can be okay. But when it's really pouring or when you have like wet gloves on, it's just not, right. or if you have, you know, mittens or over mittens on, it just doesn't, doesn't work. Happen. Yeah. All right. Uh, that's good information. So... Let's jump into the Garmin insurance. 
overall, from your experience and what you've researched with Garmin, for, for people who are either concerned about getting into dangerous situations, they just want peace of mind, they are doing an aggressive adventure, a risky adventure, do you think the Garmin insurance is worth it? What do you think? 100%. So there's there's two flavors. There's the Garmin uh, supplemental insurance. And just if, if you're not familiar with this, you get SOS included. So you can hit the SOS button. That's part of your subscription, part of like your messaging and everything. Okay. But they have a supplemental insurance in case you get charged for your rescue. Now, I've talked to a lot of people in search and rescue uh, in the industry, and generally you only get charged if you are negligent. Now, I know that there's been a YouTuber or two posted a video recently where they had, I think, like a $60,000 bill. Yep. That was Dixie. Dixie. Yeah. Yep. So that's not common. And that didn't jibe with what everyone in the industry had told me. They had said, you know, I talked to many different people who, who are in charge of charging for these rescues and planning. And um, basically they said, you know, if it, something like a trail is closed and you're on the trail and you need a rescue, you're negligent, you'll probably have to pay okay. for it. Um, there was an example, I think it was a guy who was who went like whitewater rafting in a little little inflatable raft that he got at Walmart. That was like a kid's thing, you know, he kind of common sense, right? Okay. So when I saw that Dixie video, I was pretty shocked because that didn't jibe. And I've been talking to a lot of people uh, following up with a lot of my contacts in the industry. I'm going to have a video coming out on what it costs these days, but I would say that $59,000 bill that Dixie got is not common. And there, there's a lot of factors, but what what's important to know now is that the whole idea of search and rescue in the backcountry is is entering a new age. And it's, you know, in the old days before inReach and before PLBs, if someone was lost, they had to search and run a grid pattern. You don't really know where somebody was necessarily, you know. Now when you hit the button on that, there's a GPX fix. They know where you are within, you know, at least 30 feet, usually if not more. They can find you right away. If you have a two-way communicator, you can tell them what's wrong. You could say, I'm lost, uh, whatever it is. Right. You can diagnose a condition there. It's incredibly powerful. But the thing is, as more cell phones go out there that have this emergency SOS, as more uh, devices, affordable devices that come out, it's like there's this Motorola Defy satellite link, which is a new one. It's got a $5 a month plan. And it you know I saw it on sale over the holidays for like 100 bucks. So it's, it's really becoming a very accessible technology. And backcountry search and rescue is going to hit a point where there's a lot more people calling, right? It's in a state of... <laughs> right. Yeah. And, and as you probably know, I mean, search and rescue, or maybe not know, but, you know, search and rescue is not something that's outside of the national parks is really funded. It's generally volunteer um, yep. powered. And there is generally some budget carved out of another budget to, you know, pay for aircraft or whatever, but it's going to get a lot more intense and it's probably going to get to the point where it's sort of bursting at its seams and it's going to have to be addressed in a more concrete way uh, okay. in order to deal with all these people. So things are in a state of flux and, you know, maybe two years ago, you would never be charged if there's you know, because there's maybe three rescues a season. If there's 300 rescues a season, there's there's going to be problems. And there's no right. standard across the United States. There's no standard across the world. 
on what a rescue costs, who's going to rescue you, what's involved with it. So this, the prudent thing to do is to get uh, the supplemental insurance. And for Garmin, it's actually an insurance plan. If you have a Spot or a Motorola, it is, uh, there's a service called Overwatch and Rescue. I think it's like 35 bucks a year. That's a little bit okay. different. It's like AAA. It's not insurance, so you don't have to file a claim. They'll just cover it for you. Yeah, I've actually been somebody who's who's needed the rescuing. That was it was you know almost thirty years ago now, where I had a search and rescue in Yosemite, and I want to say it was like I don't know, I was young enough where my parents covered the cost, so it was a couple thousand dollars, I think. So hearing her bill was kind of blow my mind. But then as I was doing more research, I know some states won't charge you at all, like. You know, for example, I think Wyoming was one where it's like, you're not going to even get a bill. That's where it gets confusing. It's like, okay, well, do you, should you do your research before you're going? Or is it just, you know, get the blanket coverage? Get, get the blanket coverage. If you really want to know, the best thing to do is to call the uh, the land manager where you're going, whether it's a national park or something, and just ask directly and say, if I get in trouble, who's going to pay for it? Hers was a little bit different. I would say that a lot of it depends on the type of rescue and what's happening. If they have to have a helicopter with like uh, a nurse on board, like, you know, an aircraft nurse and everything, like it's going to cost more money. Um, there's different right. things and it depends. And Yosemite, Yosemite is one of the few places that has a dedicated search and rescue team. It's all over the place. It's all over the place. So like, like you said, like just, you know, cover your butt and just get the policy for a few bucks. That being said, I don't know if you had the same experience as me, or maybe maybe because you're a hiking guy, you get through on these land management <laughs> phone calls. But if I try to call, I feel like if I try to call anybody, no. I can't get through whether it's national parks, national forests, or if you do get through, they're like, oh, let me transfer you to somebody who knows about this, and then it's, you're just on perpetual hold. So, good, yeah. like, kudos to you if you can get through, because I cannot. I've tried. Yeah, it's it's tough. The, the the best one I've had luck with is the the one up by uh, Whitney, the Eastern Sierra one. That's pretty good. Somebody will generally pick up there. Okay. So next thing I got for you is you've covered a lot on your YouTube channel about the different satellite beacons and the different services and what this one does and what that one does. So for somebody who's trying to figure out what what the, which one they want to buy, what what do they need to know before they buy or use a satellite beacon for an emergency? What any any kind of tips or tricks or just things they should be thinking about? First of all, I would say definitely invest in one. And if you're not going to invest in one, look into whether you can rent one. Sometimes you can rent them. I know certain REIs will rent them out oh. to you. That's something to consider. If you're going to go out there, don't risk your life. You know, have some sort of a, a SOS capability. There's an older technology, uh, it's it's called SARSAT, and it's called a the device called a PLB, and it is a mm -hmm. it's a sort of the original emergency satellite distress beacon. It's one way, so there's no two way communications. You hit a button, the Air Force or the Coast Guard here in the states get a, a signal, and they come to your GPS position. And they rescue you. It's supported mostly around the world. That's the best bet if you don't want to get a subscription. For that, you just pay a few hundred bucks for the device. I think they're somewhere in the three to four hundred buck range. The battery lasts five years, and you register it here in the states. You register it with the NOAA, okay? And you could have it in your pack, and you have you know an emergency beacon. Um, if you're hiking a little bit more and you want to do things like message and maybe get the weather. Then look into something like a Garmin InReach or Zolio or a Motorola Defy. 
there's different different sort of levels of service on their subscription plans. Not everything fit, you know, there's a lot of different flavors. And if you go to my channel, I have reviews on all of them. I'm going to be doing a video shortly where I, you know, kind of make some recommendations on what to get based on who you are. There's a lot of choices. If you just want to get something without having to thinking, think about it or research, just get a Garmin inReach 2, get the basic okay. plan and you should be, oh, sorry, inReach Mini 2, get the basic plan and you should be fine. I would say in terms of tips, couple couple things that will help you out. For all of these, whether it's a PLB or an inReach, all of these things have a online kind of control panel where you can put information in about yourself. And uh, that's used by the people handling your emergency. So if you make that rich and accurate and uh, you know give them as much information as you can, they're going to be able to help you better. So really? for example, yeah. So if you, you know, I always have in there like, you know, experienced hiker, have gear for overnight stay, diff, you know, no medical conditions, things like that. Um, if you're doing like a through hike or, or a backpacking trip, right? If you're going out or doing something specific, putting your route in there saying, I'm, you know, I'm doing the JMT or I'm doing cactus clouds, that will help them understand where you are or where you should be. That's that's huge. Well, let me talk to you about that because you mentioned like front loading people or front loading the device or front loading whatever with all that information. So I don't know if this relates, but when we, the most recent search and rescue phone call that I made again was in Yosemite. This is like just a couple of years ago. And I had some buddies go missing and they were, I don't know, they were like 12 hours overdue. <laughs> and so I called search and rescue. There was no sign of them. We kind of looked everywhere for them. And... I got on the phone with them and the first person I talked to was like, please give me all of the information. Do they have any health issues? What clothes are they wearing? What do they look like? So they went through this like list of questions, which were all reasonable questions. So I answered all those questions. Then they passed me on to the next person, whoever that was, literally asked the same list of questions. And then eventually after I talked to that person, I went to a third person who asked the same list of questions. Yeah. And so I, I don't know if I'm a little jaded, but like, is front loading going to help <laughs> like for real? It, it will. I I've actually been a little bit different with the device because you're doing it beforehand online. And when you hit that SOS button, a couple things happen, but that emergency dispatch center, whether it's the Garmin uh, response one, or whether it's something like uh, overwatch and rescue, which is the, the spot and the Motorola one, your file will come up, right? And all that stuff that you put in there will come up and they'll know that right away. And that's not information that you're going to have to go back and forth and communicate um, on your device. So you can save battery time, you can save, uh, you know, kind of some hassle there. So it definitely helps. It's something that everyone has told me to do beforehand. Yeah, I, I didn't like my experience because I, I don't know yeah. I'm freaking out, but I was definitely like heavily concerned for my friends. 12 hours overdue is, you know, like way more than what I was expecting, even on like a worst case scenario basis. And so having to run through the information, I was like, hey, yeah, can you yeah. just like go look for them, please? Can you, can you do something? Send a, send a helicopter? Anyway. And, and what's interesting too um, is, you know, when you give that information, that starts a, a chain of events that uh, you know starts with like an assessment of what needs to be done. Generally, there's not people on hands to do it, right? So you might have to call like a team of volunteers. You have to organize a search. 
it's a whole thing. So the more information right. that you provide, the, the the more precise that operation can be, right? And, and before before I forget to your original question, another tip: um, always make sure that your account when you if you're using your phone with one of these devices, always make sure that you're logged in before you go hiking. Uh, you're logged in and it's synced on Bluetooth. Oh, believe me, I've mm, I've learned that one the hard one. way, really not in a, in a critical way where I had yeah. to call SOS. But I've been out, you know, the middle of nowhere and be like, oh, I'm just going to send my wife a check in, and been on a device that requires a phone to work, yeah. and then I'm not logged in, and I was logged in, you know, the night before. Uh, and don't right. wait till you get to the trailhead because a lot of times trailheads don't have cell phone reception too. So. Yeah, I don't know if you've had this experience too. I was I was trying to compare like who would send the message faster between my my Zolio and my my Garmin, and we turned them on. And I had like I, th I think I tested them out before we went, but the Zolio required some sort of software update like on the app on yeah. my phone or something, and so it just wouldn't work. I was like, yeah. oh, so yeah. I would just if, if I was relying on this like bummer, you're stuck. You need a software update. And it was like a, it wasn't, you know, where it was way over or outdated. It's, you know, bad timing. But I thought, how many, I don't know how many software yeah. updates they have throughout the year, but I don't want to succumb <laughs> to bad timing again. And the, yeah, that's, that's the Achilles heel with devices like the Zolio and the Motorola that, the, that, you know, require a cell phone to really get the most out of them. All the devices have an SOS button on them. And okay. as far as I know, they all have a check in button. But if you want a message on, on the device, but if you want to message, um, you know, you have to use your phone. And uh, there was a, um, I think his name's Hike with Mike. He posted a video. He was, him and his buddy were hiking Whitney, I think this last November, and they encountered some people in bad condition. Uh, and they were coming back down and they had a Zolio, but their phone battery ran out. So they were not mm. able to, they were able to hit the SOS button, but not really know anything that happened after that. Okay. And gotcha. Mike had an inReach, which, you know, works with the buttons and you, you don't really need to update the firmware. It'll just, it's pretty reliable. It's a technology that's been around for, for many years now. Okay. And you don't really have that problem with the inReach, which is why I use that as my main, main device out there. Gotcha. Okay. So you mentioned that, yeah, you mentioned that you reach a couple of times, but you've, you mentioned a couple of other devices as well. So for somebody who's going to maybe send a couple messages, they're not like constantly texting or trying to go through social media, but they're just, they want to have access to text messaging. They of course want to have the, the SOS button when you consider everything. So bang for your buck, the functionality, the ease of use, the weight of the device itself, just everything you could possibly consider, you know, assuming that somebody's pretty tech savvy and figure out a new device, which one would you suggest overall? Bang for the buck. It's probably the Motorola Defy satellite link. I mentioned earlier, I think it's like 150 normally, but it goes okay. on sale. It's it's a little bit different. They 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 had some growing pains when they first came out. There were some problems. If you look on the line online and reviews, it's you know there's there's some pretty harsh ones in there, and some of them are fair. Some of them, some of them are a little you know maybe not so right, fair. Some of it's user error, but it's evolved and it doesn't work 100 percent of the time out there. And I'll, I'll talk about that in a second too because I think it's important, but. It, it works very well for me. I've been testing it for since it came out, maybe almost a year now, and it works the majority of the time. And uh, you know, it's it's low latency. It's the, it's affordable. It's five dollars a month to start, and say one hundred and fifty bucks. It's it's lightweight. 
The battery will last you a couple days. Uh, and I've had a good experience with that. But again, you need your phone. So if you want to get a de device that you don't need the phone, the, the InReach Mini or the InReach GPS right. Map uh, 67i is a good one. But overall, I think people, pe one of the things people said with it is it's not reliable because you need a, technically you need a southward facing connection to make it work. I've had this thing sitting in the center console of my car when I'm driving around and it's got a connection the whole time. I'm sending messages. You have to be realistic with these devices. Even the Garmin InReach, which is based on Iridium and the Zolio, which have 100% coverage worldwide, there's times when they don't work. I've had them not work uh, and fail on a send for me. Not a lot, but it happens, you know? And to think that you're going to get 100% of coverage all the time with an InReach is not, you know, not realistic expectation. You have to think this is a little piece of plastic and a circuit board and a battery and you're sending messages sometimes in the case of the Motorola Defy like 22,000 miles into space and back mm. so it, you know when you look at it that way it's, it's really amazing um, but you just have to be realistic about it okay uh, you know that that said you know if, if you want something that's going to have maybe a little bit more coverage and you're willing to pay a little bit more the Garmin Interreach is probably the best bet all right, good information. What can we look forward to coming out? Anything you got, any new content on the website or any uh, YouTube vids we can look forward to? First of all, I, I mean, if you've been following the channel for a while, you might've noticed that my videos have changed a bit in maybe the last year. Uh, I am uh, I'm kind of reworking my guiding approach or my guide approach for these stories. So look for more of that in the future. I'm going to be doing more bucket list hikes. I have a plane tickets to Tokyo. I'm going to be doing Mount Fuji, which I'm excited about. Wow. Okay. Um, I'm going to be revisiting some of the classics that I haven't hit in several years. And I'm also uh, spending a decent amount of time having different looks at some of the common hikes in, in places like Southern California and some of the national parks where there might be another kind of twist to a trail guide where, you know, you could do it the regular way or you could do it this other way that might be a little bit more interesting if you've done it before. So that that stuff I love. I love exploring. I love checking out new mm, trails okay. and, and doing all of that. So hopefully this year there'll be more of that type of thing for the people who, uh, you know, watch me and like the fact that I share little known trails hopefully there'll be some more of that type of stuff mixed in with the more popular trails as well. Gotcha. Okay. So like I said, we'll have that linked in the show description and Chris, man, thank you so much for taking the time. Really appreciate Carl. your expertise. Yeah. Like this has been very valuable and helpful to a lot of folks out there. So thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you so much, Carl. I appreciate it. And uh, if anyone has any questions on stuff, just leave me a comment on any of the YouTube videos. I'm usually pretty good about answering those. So, and thank All you. Right. Yeah. Appreciate that. We've got a little bit more to this interview. We've got a bonus segment on Patreon this week. So if you want to hear more from Chris Hazard, specifically about the toughest trail in America and how to prevent your car from getting broken into at the trailhead, check it out this week on Thursday on Patreon. All right, Derek, what'd you think about that? I mean, wow. Wealth of knowledge, right? A well, a well of knowledge, I should say, not a well. Um, yeah, there's some crazy stories in there about the airplane panel. Um, I did hear about that. Like the, the, the iPhone fell all the way down, like, uh, and just, it still works. What does that tell you? Yeah, is that, what does that tell you? It tells you that that <laughs> was a fortunate event because I've recently dropped my phone just like from pocket height and mm. that did not mm. happen. So yeah. 
Do you think that needs to be retested? I feel like it does. I feel like they could... Like, just kind of, you know, open the door, like, roll down the window during a plane flight, just, like, a toss it I out. I mean, it doesn't happens. even have to be a plane. Let's let, let's just start small. We'll go helicopter okay. height, and then we'll see what that does. Skydive heights, you know? Maybe if you're using the beacon to get rescued on the way to the, to the hospital, just kind of chuck your phone out there. Yeah. 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 Try to aim for, like, a neighborhood so it's easier, you know, find my iPhone might actually work. Yeah, that's true. Just saying. That's true. Yeah. Local residential okay. area. Good. If you're willing to do that and you have some new Intel for us, please let us know because I don't think Derek is um, confident enough to do that. I am not at the moment. No. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, so these beacons, so he, his conclusion is basically like the beacons are still better than the iPhones in terms of like their emergency system. Okay. The phones are getting better. Do you have a prediction? When are we done with the beacons? When can we like leave these devices home? We talked about this. I know, but but now we're, but we're a year down the road. We're, we keep on, we're a year later, so it's okay to update. I, what was our, I'm trying to remember what our prediction was like a year or two ago. I think it was, it was that, that that we'd be there by now. I think we were wrong. We would have been there by now. I don't know if it was this quick. You don't think so? No, okay. no. I feel like it was like five or six years. Okay. I feel like we still got a few years. Do you? All right. Yeah. Maybe 2028 is my prediction. Let's put a little bookmark in this episode, and we'll come back and find out if you're right. 2028, everybody. If I'm wrong, I'll buy you a bag of moon cheese. Oh, cheese. okay. So, okay, last thing was he mentioned, so we kind of did like the breakdown with the Motorola Defy Beacon versus the Garmin's and stuff. Yeah. The subscription, the service, the device itself, way mm-hmm. cheaper for the Motorola Beacon, mm-hmm. still works. It's just not, mm-hmm. it doesn't as quickly latch onto the satellite as the Garmin's do. Right. But the Garmin subscription service right. is way more expensive, the device way more expensive. So right. I want you to go into advice mode here, Derek. If you're starting from scratch, which one would you suggest people mm-hmm. buy? Start and starting from scratch, backpacking like, wise, or or these don't own one. Either way, I still think I go with the the reputation. Okay. I mean, you got to prioritize mo- money and safety, right? If you're out there and you feel unsafe, and if you're going somewhere crazy or new, you don't want to be sitting there and being like, "Gosh, this beacon is t- I'm five hours in this beacon. Right. Uh, you know, like, why didn't I just spend the money? Like, it's not worth it. It's your life. So yeah, I would spend more okay. money." I just would. Yeah. I just would. I mean, I think there's still, um, what's, what's the Garmin one? Like 300 bucks or something now? 200? Yeah. It I guess it depends, depends which one you get. Ish. But they have, they have, you just want something reliable. Yeah. You want to be able to push the button and not have to think right. about it. I, it's hard to argue with what you're saying, know. except I'll do it anyway. So I still, <laughs> I don't think it's life or death. I really don't. I think that there's definitely scenarios that, I mean, realistically could be life or death. There are. Yeah. Yeah. And but right. I think that if you're talking about like we need the helicopter right now, you're waiting a minimum of two hours, you're gonna die. Like it's just not gonna come. If it's something like where we talk about with Dixie, where it's like, okay, I'm not feeling well, I have time, then you'd have time for that Motorola Defy beacon to latch onto the satellite. But how how subjective is that though? That's super subjective. Well, I'm just I'm just basing it you on scenarios we've had, right? Yeah. Well, the, sure. the people that we've encountered that have used it. Broken bones, not life and death. And so if, if you need to wait an extra minute or two, and these are people, and this is talking about if we actually use it. Most most people don't ever use these things. What do you what do you mean minute or two? It could be like an hour or two. To latch onto a satellite? No, I don't know. No, think no, no, no. Like, but but for that, maybe Motorola is, that's what I'm saying. It's like, do they have the reputation that they're going to be there in two hours or less? Oh, yeah. yeah. I, th- I think the SOS, once it's, it's pushed, it's all the same. Once once know. they have notified, it's all the same. It's just, it's just accessing the satellite. Maybe we need more details on that. You know, you don't believe you don't believe what I just said. So so. 
No, I'm saying not 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 the satellite connection. <laughs> I'm saying what is what is Motorola's okay. what is Motorola's track record on you know the speed of getting a chopper to where you are in general, right? We've had lots of the fast. I've heard is two hours. That's the fast for Motorola for anybody. Right, that's what I'm saying. We know that for Garmin, but we don't really know it for Motorola. I think th- I think it's all going to the same place. That everybody's getting notified. Let's the same hope way. so. Okay. Okay. You're right. We should probably know that. You're right. Okay. Uh, all right. So all that to say, like, I still hate bringing these things. Like, I hate it with a passion. It's an extra thing. They're so small now, though. They're like right here. It's like a little keychain. They are. They're expensive. I don't like having to renew the subscription before I go out there. I get it. I, I, I it's like a necessary yeah. evil. But I just. I, I love the days where we didn't have to bring that stuff. Just saying. Of course. Well, yeah, that was back in the day when they didn't even have it. Yeah. But I think it's like you're going to not want it until you need it. And then you would be like, wow, I'm glad I have it. That's that's wisdom right there, folks. Wisdom. That's an American proverb by Derek right now. Write it down. <laughs> Every time I get it right, Carl knows it. He mocks it just like he did. Anytime you say you're not going to want it until you need it, that could be true about anything in the world. Literally anything in the world. You can say that about <laughs> We're talking about beacons. Don't be Mr. Devil's Advocate with your whole life. It's so exhausting. The B&B is sick of it. I wish I had 17 airbags in my car because I keep on getting in accidents. Well, but most cars only come standard with two. Yeah, but you're not going to want it unless you need it. Correct. Uh, why do they Why do they start up in the standard to like, like four to six? Why'd they do that, you think? Because of me, probably? I don't know. Probably because you're complaining. <laughs> All right. Do you have trivia this this week? Sick of this guy. I got trivia, and it is hazard bug bug hazard <laughs> trivia. <laughs> what in the world? We'll see it. We're gonna do okay. it right after this. Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at Armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's peanut butter cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. It's January, folks. You've recommitted yourself to getting back in shape, eating better, planning bucket list trips. 
Our good friend Ronan from Summit Strength will help you get fit, strong, and resilient so you can conquer your 2024 adventures. Roan uses rock-solid evidence and years of experience to get your, you trail ready for all circumstances. Rocky conditions, steep grades, sustained climbs. Reach out to him at summitstrength.com.au. Okay. Insect hazard trivia. Or not insect, just okay. bug hazard trivia. I like I like the pun on his name there. I like that. You like that? We got, well, yeah. it wasn't, a, you know, I'm just trying to be, I guess. Yeah. Uh, okay, so we have five quick questions. It's a little quiz. I took it online. I got all five. I want to see if you can get all five. These are quick. They're all multiple <laughs> I choice. Believe, I don't believe you got all five. I, I, sh- I should have taken a screenshot of my 100%. <laughs> yeah, after you like redid the quiz five times. No, zero times. <laughs> all right, here we go. What's the best way to avoid an insect bite? Is it two, A, cover your arms, legs, and ankles and wear some lightweight clothing when outdoors? Is it B, to apply insect repellent? Is it C, go indoors at night when many bite, uh, biting insects are more active, or is it D, all the above? All the above. Oh, okay, okay. Yes or no? The best, the best out of those, I think, is to wear the clothing, though. That can actually yeah, that's probably the best true. Job. That's yeah. A, yeah. Yes or no? Can an insect bite be life-threatening, Carl? Yeah. Okay, just making sure. These yeah, are that- true or false? Horseflies don't bite people. <laughs> I now would like to believe that you got five out of five. Um, that is false. They do bite people. They do. They got me good last trip yeah. too. Right through my pants. <laughs> Did they bite through your pants? Dude, yeah. The whole I couldn't figure Damn. it out. It was the weirdest thing. Did you know yeah. they're like one of the fastest animals on the earth? I didn't know that. Are they an well, animal? Are flies an animal? Are they an animal? I'm not a science person. And people think that I am a simpleton sometimes. You know? Okay. Uh, which of these? <laughs> they do insects? think that. You're right. Yeah. Well. <laughs> what do you think? Because I hang out with you and it rubs off is why. I'm sure. Which of these insects is a mite? Are you ready? A mite. Okay. Is it a tick? Is it scabies? Is it C, chiggers? Or is it D, is it scabies and chiggers? <laughs> Which one is a mite? Uh, Which ones are mites? This is probably the toughest question. Mites. This is the I, toughest question. Yeah, I don't know. So you have tick, scabies, chiggers, or scabies and chiggers. Which yeah. one is a mite? I don't know. What's a scaby? Do you want me what to explain it to you? It, like, yeah. the scabies like kind of burrow under your skin a little bit. Okay. Make you itch, get red bumps. Chiggers don't so burrow, but they. Yeah. Do, do, do the chiggers bite? I mean, they, I, I would, I don't want to just guess, dude. Okay. I, I guess I'll go with the chiggers. Incorrect. It's chiggers and scabies are both mites. Ticks mm. are not mites. Those, okay. I did know that one actually, which is, you put No, nah, I don't believe you again. You don't have to. Okay. Which of these insects can bite or sting? Is it caterpillars, flies, mites, or D, all of the above? Uh, I don't caterpillars bite or sting. I've never had a caterpillar sting or bite, really. And flies mm. or mites? Horse fly. You know? Yeah, have you ever, that's a bite, right? Have you gotten stung by a fly? It can do one or the other. If you had a none of the above, I probably would have chosen none of the above. But since I don't know, I guess I'll go all the above. It's all the above. Yeah, they all can okay. bite. They either bite or sting, right? Okay. Caterpillars can can hurt you too, depending on which one it is. Living in Colorado, man, we don't get a lot of, we have like a lower bug population here. We get the mosquitoes in the mountains wow. and that's about it. You got an 80%. That's possible. You got a four to Thank five. You. Nice job, Thank buddy. You. Thank you. You are okay. special. Thank you. Yeah. All right. Good job. Okay, I got, I got two tidbits. You ready? Oh, please. Okay. Yeah. 
First one is we got another Patreon supporter. Mm. We are so thankful to Leslie. Leslie! Shh. Leslie! We have a place called Leslie Pools. Is she the owner of Leslie Pools? She is. How'd you know that? Is that right? No, yeah. no. She actually lives in Belgium. Belgium! With the chocolate. That's some good chocolate out there. They do. Yeah. She, she, she yeah. said that they're known, her area's known for the chocolate and the beer. They're they're kind of good for that. Mm. But she's heading mm-hmm. over stateside. She's doing uh, Zion National Park and Bryce Canyon National Park this May. Good choice. Yeah. She was asking me for some trip planning tips and stuff, which is part of the Patreon deal. So I gave her hopefully some helpful information because there's a lot of specific permit getting in the process. But she's, she's an adventurer, and her tagline, let's say I'm going to try to do this from memory, is if you're not thinking that you're going to starve, freeze to death, get eaten, or something along those lines, then it's not a real adventure. Okay. Okay. Do you agree with that? To a point. I think you want to, I think okay. you want your, I think you want to challenge yourself in some fashion, yeah. Yeah. Either un, in, unintentionally or intentionally, but hopefully it's, I don't know, unintentional. It's more fun unintentionally, sometimes. Yeah, we can talk about this in, in, as it relates to last summer yeah. because last summer, there's literally not a map of the area we're going no. to. We were using the online tools, which were like sort of accurate, but unclear. Right. And then when we got there, like hardly a trail in most of the yeah. areas. And so we just have kind of an outline of generally where we're going. Yeah. It's, it's a lot of off-trail stuff with not a lot of intel. And so we're just hoping to be able to complete this. Do you like that structure? That's the adventure. I mean, um, yeah. I don't love like, it. We don't know if we're going to make it. We don't know if we're going to make it. I don't it. love it, but it's fun to do it with you guys because I know we're going to have a fun time. Well, and we'll figure okay. it out. So Yeah. yeah. You had a good attitude for 90% of the time. You had a great attitude until your emotional breakdown, and I appreciated <laughs> all that other than the, the breakdown. So <laughs> My emotional breakdown. The guy yeah. that slams trekking poles on logs is accusing somebody else of the emotional breakdown. I love it. I love it. <laughs> that wasn't an emotional breakdown. That was just frustration. Okay, not no emotions going on. Look, at least I, you always talk about me, can I admit stuff? Like, I freely admitted that I was frustrated, <laughs> smashed my shoulder. You have not freely admitted that you had an emotional breakdown. <laughs> you have an emotional that. breakdown. Jesse was there. Okay. okay, there was a moment where I was like, <sighs> do you feel like that's an emotional breakdown? That was not. Oh, the way that you can downplay something is magical. How would you describe it? I, I described it as an emotional breakdown. No, like, what did I do? Like, physically, what did I We've do? We've been over this. We had a whole episode about this. We had guests on about this. Yeah, we had bonus episodes, but we haven't fully revealed this. What do you mean server. fully revealed? What are you talking about? You lost your cool, and everybody knew it, and then you needed me to tell you to go apologize like a child does to a person he hurts. Okay? Justin Outdoors, new to our July trip, literally said on our last episode that he was wanting to come back on to yes. the July trip. So I feel like that whatever happened probably wasn't that big of a deal. He is, wow, again, downplaying. He is level-headed, and he is with it, and okay. I get it. You had a struggle, and that's why you asked me for advice. And I get it. I love you. I appreciate it. Do you think, I was like, Carl, you need to go apologize. Stop being a punk. Go apologize. Like, but you didn't have an emotional breakdown. You're right. Okay, that's fine. I love, I love your stories. All right. It's uh, true. My last tidbit is we've got, this is actually going to be our closing for go. today, yeah. is we've got a new song out from Rocky's band, One for the Ages, yes. Rocky and Josh. We just got a little segment. Yeah. So you want to check it out. It's on Apple Music. It's on Spotify. One for the Ages, spelled W-O-N oh. for the Ages, and Rocky is rocking it for sure. So They're rocking it. Yeah. I, I'm going to take a step back. No outro from me. This is. I'll let you guys just hear this. Yeah, just Rocky a little just segment, a little thing. taste, a little taste. It was great. All right, that's so, all I got. That's all I got, guys. Thanks again. If you have that sugar in your life, I feel your pain every day and every time I do this podcast. We will see you next time.
Yeah!